and we're back with episode 22 of Dog Football Weekly. It's your host, Freed, with your co-host, Russ. And today, no guest on the show today. Just going to go into a little detail about really March Madness as a whole so far and spring practice for the dogs. Russ, just want to ask you, what's your thoughts right now on March Madness and how the tournament's going as a whole? You know, I think it's kind of a little bit of a letdown for the bigger teams. Obviously, the you know, the smaller schools and, you know, Miami's not a small school, but, uh, you know, you have those teams come in there and, and dominate these bigger teams and some of them are just – some of them are winning by big, big numbers and – it's just weird to see that happen. Obviously, it's March Madness. You know, it's madness. So, stuff like that happens. But you didn't expect to see these four teams in the Final Four. It's it's good to see. It's I think it's really good for the sport as a whole because, you know, people have been, you know, college athletics as a whole, they've been trashing them with NIL and this going on and that going on. Well, NIL is making this a lot more interesting. A lot more teams have really good teams. I mean, everybody's saying, oh, UConn, UConn's going to run away with this, but I don't think that's the case right now. I think it's anybody's game. I think it's a toss-up. Miami looked strong last night. FAU looked solid. San Diego State, they look solid. The only problem is San Diego State has trouble scoring at mm-hmm. times, but it's anybody's game right now, and I think UConn's playing the best, and I think they are the best team left, but none of that really matters in March. Um, and Miami, yes, they looked good last night, but Texas, Texas kind of looked like Texas football last night. Looked timid, scared, mm-hmm. gave that game away. There's no, there's no way Texas is up by 13 points with about 12 minutes to go. There's no way you should let them back in that game, and there's no way with the game tied you should just let the game go. I it it really confused me, especially when. One of Miami's key players has four fouls. Why you're not attacking him? I don't. It it confused me. I don't know if it confused you, Russ. Yeah, I I see. You know, my my prediction, I guess, would be the championship game is going to be UConn versus Florida Atlantic, and UConn is probably going to win. But you know, I could see Florida Atlantic coming up there and showing what they've got and making a stand, and that would be huge for their program. I mean, really, to win a national championship being Florida Atlantic, you know, that that's something you've never even heard of. Well, I was looking at – I saw something on Twitter last night. Florida Atlantic's gym compared to the other – I mean, compared to all these other schools left, like San Diego State, Miami, UConn, their gym holds 3,500 people. And that's a lot of people, but – that's not very big in a college basketball gym, any really in a in a basketball gym to begin with. So I think it'd be great for the sport if a team like FAU won. UConn has a really well coached team. They're solid everywhere. They don't really have a hole. Um, their defense has been phenomenal this whole tournament, and I'm interested to see what they do. Yep. Well, you got anything else on March Madness? I mean, Purdue lost that big – my bracket, by the way. Let me make my picks. So, I think UConn's going to win, and I think FAU, Florida Atlantic, I think they're going to win. So, I pick Miami and San Diego State. 
<laughs> and so I got Austin. San Diego State winning the Natty. That's okay. that's my pick because usually don't if you ever need betting advice or gambling advice, don't come to this show. I do not know what I'm talking <laughs> about picking picking basketball especially. But Russ, spring practice for the dogs has been underway for about it's about third week. Got a couple of questions for you about that. How do you think? I mean, from what you've read, what do you see, and what what stands out to you? Well, obviously, we had information today. Kendall Milton will not be practicing the rest of spring, and you know, common stuff like that goes on. Injuries, you know, spring's normally a time where guys get in there and and recover from what happened the the previous season, you know, and. I think Georgia's is, I mean, they're hard working out there. You know, we we heard Coach Smart talk about it the other night at the Making Touchdown Club. And, you know, I I think they're out there working and recovering and doing everything they need to do to get prepared. And I, I have no doubt that they're, that they're going to come out um, on all cylinders, you know. One thing I saw today, um, and I didn't really think about this. I haven't thought about it at all. This whole offseason, or non-playing, there's no offseason for football, non-playing portion of the season. Smell Mondin and Jamon Dumas Johnson, these are two guys that had never started a game last year who replaced Channing Tindall and Kobe Dean in that linebacker group. And they come out and they played, I mean, they played some great football all season long. They played like they were seniors, like fifth-year seniors, and they're sitting there as sophomores. So, and Mondin didn't even practice in the spring last year. Smell Mondin, he missed the whole spring due to sh- shoulder surgery, and he still led the team in tackles. So I think if you give them a full spring to develop both of them and stay healthy, the sky's the limit. I think you could have a like all-SEC linebacker pair in the middle of that defense, and it'll be scary for anybody to line up and try and run the ball. Dumas Johnson's good. I mean, they're both good on the pass, passing front, good enough. But especially trying to run the ball in between the tackles and even stretch it out, it's going to be tough. Tough to move the football next season for opposing teams, opposing defenses. They're, it's going to be exciting. I think there's no doubt in my mind. Um, I, I saw um, something the other day, and I can't remember where Dumas was at, but it, I think it was maybe eighth and best – Line, it's like a PFF, PFF ranking. Those are all over my Twitter, Instagram. You can't escape those things. Yeah, they're. I mean, everywhere you look, they're like top ten mascot, top ten this, <laughs> top ten restaurant, top ten college town, and they put all these numbers together, and they make this like it's some weird like metric number thing. I don't think there's seven better linebackers in college football than Jamon Dumas Johnson. But it's nice to see him get recognized because he put in – I mean, he was a force on that defensive – on that front seven of that defense last year. And he, he made some big-time plays. And I think this year especially he'll be All-American, first-round pick. He's got, he's got all the tools he'd want in an NFL linebacker. Reed, who do you think is going to replace Adani Mitchell and at the outside receiver position? You know – I've heard a lot of good stuff about Dylan Bell. He um so obviously Georgia's pro day was was it last week? Sorry. Uh, it was two I think it was two, two weeks, weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Yeah. It was two weeks ago, Georgia Pro Day. Well, 
Dylan Bell, from what NFL scout said, was the best receiver on the field from what it looked like. I think he's going to be – he had a minor role in the offense last year. Got a lot of playing time, though, because of Adani's injury. I think he'll play some time there. Ra-Ra Thomas, the Mississippi State transfer, if he can stay out of legal trouble, and I think he will. I hope he does. He will be another guy who plays a lot in that spot. And then Dominic Lovett, he'll be in the slot. He's more of a slot guy. I was th- I was thinking more Dominic Lovett on the outside. Really? He looks like he looks like a guy to me. Where you put him out there and, and throw him the ball, and he's gonna catch it. And then Brock Bowers is gonna play a little bit on the outside too. Yeah, I don't mean, ever Brock, forget about that. They'll line him Brock, up out there until that little fade. Brock Bowers plays offense. Remember? Yeah, he he doesn't have a position. He doesn't title. have a position. He doesn't have a position title. He's we're blessed. I mean, this tight end group. That's one of the groups that I'm like. There we have so many guys. I don't know how. I just want all of them to stay. We got like. Didn't one of the uh, the freshmen get hurt or something during practice? I can't. See. I saw somebody got hurt somewhere, and we were down a little bit in in uh, depth at that position. I've seen running backs is a place that's been like in depth right now. I don't know what the case is on that. But let me look. Georgia spring practice injuries. Sorry about this. You, th- you think at some point with all the running backs getting hurt, they would be like, all right, well, what's causing these guys to get hurt and stop doing whatever that is? You um, know? Okay, can I find the injury thing? <laughs> well, while, is, while uh, we're waiting. Injury uh, report. Okay, so Marvin Jones Jr., shoulder. He's, he's ruled out before. Dan Jackson's ruled out. But Nylon Green, wrist, Andrew Paul, ACL, Ernest Green, back. Okay. That's all I'm seeing right now. Sorry, I don't think that answers your question. <laughs> I don't know what to Well, on another note, we can talk about um, Georgia playing Clemson five out of the next 11 years. What kind of rivalry do you see um, emerging out of this? I think the – I mean, you got to think, okay, Georgia and South Carolina, you're like, yeah, it's close. Clemson, Clemson, South Carolina, and Athens, Georgia are very close to each other. And obviously there's not a massive rivalry. The schools don't hate each other. There's not massive fights every time they play. But the border war on that Georgia-South Carolina border, that rivalry is about to ramp up. And we're about to see some really good football games because these are two of the best coaches in America and two of the best teams, really talent-wise, in the country. They're going to see each other and they're going to play against each other. Another rivalry I'm excited to see is Texas-Texas A&M with mm-hmm. them coming back to the SEC because those are two schools that hate each other, that any chance they can get, they love to bash on each other. And I'm really excited to see them play football again because Texas always treats A&M like their little brother, but I – Honestly, I I just hope a and I really think A&M is probably – I think A&M can probably play with Texas and maybe better than Texas, to be honest with you. You know what I'm saying? I, they're – those are two of the weirdest programs. They got so much yeah. talent. Like Texas this year, I, I see stuff. I've seen stuff about Texas and Florida State. Those are two teams that just everybody's like, they're going to challenge Georgia. They're going to play Georgia. They're going to do this. They're going to do this. They're going to do this. Texas doesn't know who their quarterback is. At least Florida State's got a QB. Does Florida, does Florida State, I know they were good. Do they have any depth? 
I, mean, I, I don't know. know I don't know a whole lot about the program besides Jordan Travis and that yeah. decent, decent quarterback. <laughs> and are you going to be? Are you going to be able to beat Clemson? I mean, I, I don't see it. Clemson's on the down right now, and down's like ten and two, and an ACC title and a <laughs> and a New Year's Six game. But still, are you going to be able to beat that team? Because yeah, there's good. There's tears to college football, and a lot of people. Everybody loves to just throw people into that championship contender. And there's three teams that can contend for a championship next year. That's Georgia, Alabama, and Ohio State. Maybe you can throw in for Michigan. Michigan's that fourth team. See, they throw Michigan in there. They're trying to throw them in there every year, and they're not as good as their opponents. And it's and it shows that well, they're not as good. And I don't, under, I don't the Big understand Ten, the Clemson height. The Big Ten – but exclude Ohio State out of this for football and basketball. They play all the teams play the same style. They play slow. They rough each other up. They're not very athletic in football or basketball. So then when you get and this doesn't include Ohio State. Ohio State has a great and these these are good programs. These are good teams, and they produce good NFL talent. But when they get to like let's throw in the Orange Bowl from last year, Georgia was more physical than them, they were faster than them, they were stronger than them. They outcoached Michigan, and Michigan was a good team. I mean, there's a lot of good players on that Michigan team, but they just got manhandled on all, in all facets of the game. And then um, a TCU team that it's it was good. You know, they made the national title game. Um, undefeated season. Did they have one loss? Yeah, they did. They lost in the Big 12 championship game. But one loss, Texas or TCU team, and I mean TCU just does whatever they want with them on offense, and then you know when it mattered they shut you down on defense. I mean yeah. they force turnovers. Your quarterback isn't really a playmaker; he's more of a game manager. He's more like what they call Stetson Bennett than what Stetson Bennett everybody actually thinks of him. Stetson Bennett's not a game manager; he wasn't. But and I let me. I said ten. I said Big Ten football and basketball. Let me get back to that. We look at Purdue, one seed, probably the best player in the country. Not for like NBA prospects and all that, but the best college player in Zach Eady, the big guy. I mean, they got. I mean, a fairly Dickinson team that just went. That you know didn't even win their conference. They got second in the conference, but the team that won just went from D. From D2 to D1 last year, so they're ineligible for postseason play. That team is a team that beat you and outran you and ran you off the floor. Yeah. And it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing for the conference that all the teams just, you know, they just do the same thing to each other. And whichever team has gets luckier wins that night. And it's, it's just it's embarrassing and it's bad for the sport. Well, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm watching all this stuff and – the SEC never wins in basketball. Never wins in basketball. But I will say the competition level of the SEC anywhere in any sport is better than any conference in the country. Whether you whether it's in basketball, baseball, football, gymnastics, gymnastics track, soccer, tennis. It's ridiculous what this conference produces as far as athletes on the next level and Olympics – Olympic level athletes. Yes, Alabama got beat. Okay, but you have eight teams make the tournament. Alabama, 
I wasn't very high on Alabama before the tournament. They played well in the first two games, but I, I've i been saying for a while, this team, this is a streaky basketball team. They were shooting the ball well, and then going to that San Diego State game, I mean, they shot like 13% from three. Yeah. And that's what that's what happens. You're going to get beat if you can't make your shots. But, you know, the SEC, the Big Ten is not on the level of the SEC. Now, the Big Ten is a, it's a good conference. They, you know, they have Ohio State and Michigan and Purdue and Indiana and all these schools. But the Big Ten, let me think, they don't have any, any good baseball teams. Remind me if I'm missing something. Any good baseball teams. The basketball wasn't great this year. They were good. I mean, your your Big Ten championship was was Penn State, who was a 10 seed, and Purdue. And the game went down. Just to show you, the game goes down to the wire. It was, the game ended on the last play of the game. And and you look at Alabama and A&M, which A&M's not a great basketball team, but nobody said they were. And that game's a 25-point blowout. Yeah. It's ridiculous sometimes. You know, that, I, can't, I ain't got anything else to say. I thought I had something. <laughs> it's like sometimes it's going into this Final Four, I don't really know who to pick. I'm not. I'm just going to enjoy the basketball. That's all I'm going to do this next <laughs> upcoming weekend. But UConn is the pick. If you're betting, if you're betting though, you know I may go San Diego State versus UConn in the championship. I I could see that happening. Miami's not going to beat UConn. That kid with the flat shot is going to make every single one of his shots. He he doesn't miss. I swear, I shot an air ball every time, and that ball stays. It I it honestly stays about twelve feet in the air and just goes just. I mean, it's like he's throwing it like on the line. It goes. Makes it every Looks time. Looks like a dart. They're just so balanced. They have – because I think in the NCAA tournament you need a big guy. Okay, Miami's got a big guy, but UConn's got a force in the middle. I was watching the game Saturday night. Um, it's late. It's like early second half. Oh, it's it late in the game. Probably about 10 minutes left. It was about a 25-point game. And Gonzaga takes their guards out of the game. No, maybe this was the no. This was the Sweet Sixteen. This was against Arkansas. Gonzaga game was a blowout too. But Arkansas takes their guards out of the game. They leave one big in, and he's he's about six 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 seven. This big guy scores twelve in a row. Twelve no eight in a row. Eight points in a row. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. They're they're good. Hey, and I tell you what, um, Arkansas, you know they play in the SEC. They're sleepers now. Arkansas is always in the tournament. I mean, they and and they normally perform pretty well. I mean, I think last year they were out elite eight. Yeah, elite eight. But I mean, they they're sneaky good. I'm telling you, Eric Musselman's a good coach. Um, they just can't shoot the ball. I mean, I actually watched last year. I think I watched every single one of the Arkansas games. I like I was pulling for them hard. I like I like that team a lot. I, that team has a ton of talent. They just couldn't shoot the ball at all yeah. down the stretch, and the UConn just packed their defense in and dared you to shoot. And that's what—that's it's just good coaching by Danny Early. Yeah. Well, you got anything else? I'm good, man. All right. Well, that's gonna be it for today's episode. We appreciate y'all listening, and we'll see y'all next week.